In a news update for April 3rd, 2023, on this Monday night edition, hour number four is underway next, broadcasting across all platforms like, like Spotify.fm, Anchor.fm, Pocket Cast, and Stitcher. You can find us just by simply typing in your favorite podcast player or browser. Just type in top headlines, national and international news stories. Hour number four is hitting your way next. Thanks for listening to Free the ne- Network, the true voice of freedom. We'll be right back. Yeah, I got two real quick things real quick. All right, America, do you think Joe Biggs and Rufio and all those broad boys locked up in the jail would want you to stop protesting because of what's happening to them? No. Do you really think they'd want you to stop? No. And number two, Harrison, when we first met, do you remember what I asked you? I asked you, are you witnessing the bathmatization of America? And your head blew up. I see it. Your head was just like spaghetti. But now you can see what's going on. They're bathmatizing the world. Yeah. Well, it, guys. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a great, it's a great point. Much great point. Thank you for that, Tim. Let's go to uh, Dennis in Florida. Plans for the currency. Go ahead, Dennis. You're on yeah, the air. Yeah, Harrison. I called before. The, the way to anchor this whole thing down for a new world economy is a new currency to go up against CBDC, and that's a currency made of precious metals that are mixed, gold, silver, platinum, palladium, and nickel that's melted to a consistency where you can make a tuning fork that's worth a 1000 bucks that goes to a certain frequency, and then $1 would be worth an average loaf of bread or can of beans. Now, that would be the basis for a new world economy that would require 10 Americas based on the original pre-1913 pre-progressive U.S. Constitution with originalist updates. Now, this, these plans, I need to come on the show to discuss these plans in detail with you guys, and we can debate them. That's what's required to unite, unite this world, because we're like lab rats in this Truman Show uh, cage. And the only way to break out is if we do it sort of unified fashion. And we, uh, to do that, I simply come on the show at least one or two shows, and then we're going to talk about this, use a whiteboard, draw things out, and discuss it. And once that happens, the vision will be shared throughout the world that's going to unite us. There's no other way. And these plans are expected. We're all expecting this to happen. So it's time for it to actually happen, Harrison. We need to work with Alex to make it so. Yeah, I think there's a couple ways that it can happen. I mean, I think I've heard of some very interesting ideas about how to use gold and silver and uh, precious metals sort of on a debit card, like I don't see why you couldn't do that. But uh, but the problem is that the value of uh, gold and silver, so, uh, gold and silver is always tied to the um, whatever it's called, the the uh, basically a dollar amount. So you're, you're still sort of stuck on a on a reserve currency. I, I, I get you probably thought about how to deal with that, but to me it seems like that issue as well, like the currency issue, the the financial domination issue, obviously CBDC is coming down the pipe. And that's another thing that people will just like, they don't, they're not going to understand what it even means. There's going to get an alert from their bank that's like, Bank of America says we're no longer issuing cash and you've been awarded 200 extra digi dollars. Congratulations. People are just going to be like, oh, I got 200 bucks and I'll just keep using my credit card like I always do. Like it'll have no effect on their lives, noticeable, uh, but the intangible subtle effects will come later when it's too late, right? So if they don't realize it now, what's going to happen, uh, then it's already too late and they're already in the cage, the door's already shut. And that's the problem with um, digital currency. But to me, the digital currency thing, and then I, I keep hearing people talk about like grand juries, people going, we need to start a grand jury. We need to have a group of people to to try 
you know, these people, even if we try them in abstentia, right? Try Anthony Fauci, even if he doesn't show up for the trial and, and do that through, you know, these, these you know, various legal methods of drawing up your own citizen panel and, and a grand jury of, of your own. But it's like in the information war, they're going to treat you as illegitimate no matter what. Unless you go through the proper channels, they're going to treat you as illegitimate. So there's a couple ways to do stuff like that. It's by finding a, a brave, you know, uh, powerful person that can actually do it, that can actually get this thing going, like the money thing. I mean, you could have a billionaire in Silicon Valley draw up plans to do like a, a Venmo, but it's all gold and silver. So you're not actually trading any cash at all. It's not going through banks. You just you have a reserve of, of gold or silver at a you know, physical precious metal at a bank. And then, you know, you're just keeping track of how much of that is yours and how much you're giving to other people. Like there'd be a way to do that with like a powerful corporate method. There would also be a way to do the grand jury thing if you just had like one city with the DA that actually wants to do this type of thing. And you could do it through the official process. You could actually do that successfully, even just to get the ball rolling. But I think the solution to all of this is to have a state that does this, right? And that's why I, even if it seems like a fantasy to some people, like the idea of Texas secession or just secession in general, if you could just have like a group of people with several, or a group of like some sort of uh, geographic area as millions of people that goes, okay, from now on, like Orania in, in South Africa, right? They go, we're gonna issue currency. We also are going to have, you know, arrest warrants for these people who, you know, we have deemed are enemies of the state or whatever, and they're not welcome in Texas anymore, right? Anthony Fauci, if he ever sets foot in Texas, Texas Rangers are going to take him into custody and we're going to, you know, put him on trial for crimes against humanity. And then you can demand, you know, representation in international organizations and you'd get support from other dissident countries. Sure, Mexico would support us in, in doing this sort of stuff because we got to break away from America because America is the, is the structure of control that they have around us. And, and I'll get into it in the next segment because I have a couple videos that I want to show that I think do a really good job of illustrating like how America is perceived around the world, especially the countries that we've victimized over the last several decades. And like we need to understand how people think about us to understand our situation, to understand that we are an occupied organization right now whose leadership is at complete odds most of the time with the people themselves, and yet it's the people that are paying the price for the activities of the leadership in things like uh, Libya. So I'll show those videos on the other side. Let's go to try to go to one more uh, before we move on. Uh, sauce in FEMA Region 9. Uh, yeah, the mRNA vaccine is now going to be in farm animals. That's a good thing, isn't it, Sauce? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> oh, shoot. I was thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, sorry for Mr. Bob Harrison. Thanks for having me on, too. Um, but yeah, I wanted to make, make that a point because uh, they're going to be able to patent chickens and cows. So they're going to be able to have their own lines of chickens and cows and poultry, and they'll be able to basically have that copywritten the same way they've been able to copyright vegetables with Monsanto's and Sagenta. That's a good point. I hadn't, um, I hadn't even thought about that aspect yeah. of it. Yeah, they'll probably be bred so with the vaccine gene already in them. Yes, sir. And then when you incorporate that to a smart city, you'll be able to grow, but you'll have seedless vegetables. So they'll have, um, like, everything is going to be tracked and traced, not only just your financial infrastructure, but literally, like, everything else that you'll do. Your food and water, yeah. And people, 
Yeah, people don't understand that stuff, Harrison. They are, they're, they're wishing this upon themselves. Yeah, and they're already instituting uh, rationing in places like the UK, and they're, they're already saying, you know, to defeat climate change, maybe rationing is the next case. And we showed the video on American Journal when it came out. The um, there's just a, there's a block. I mean, it looks like a Soviet, you know, style apartment block, but it's a farm. It's the new farm. So they're getting rid of the nice little farms that you see in picture books, cows and the pigs and the hens and the little farmyard. That's going away, right? That's going to be an apartment block for migrants. And then down the road from that is going to just be the factory farm, uh, you know, cubicle existence of the gene altered pigs and cows that are pumped full of just all sorts of unnecessary and unnatural ingredients and also have their DNA actively manipulated. They did it in China. They put human breast milk gene into cows and they're drinking milk going, this is human breast milk. It came out of a cow. That's the future. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Second hour of Sunday Night Live here at Infowars.com band.video. Please do share these links in these videos. We, we, we're failing in our job if we're just talking to a uh, echo chamber, right? This is an information war. Then, uh, you know, talking to our audience is like holding drills. We want to be on the march. We want to be on the move. We want to be on the offensive, which means now that we're, we're in here and drilling, giving you the information you need, got to break out. It's got to get into the communities and the audience that... It's not choosing to look for it. It's not going out of their way to find this stuff. And it still does amaze me how many people we get, I get on Twitter or just see going, I just started following Alex in 2022. It's like, oh, better late than never. Like, honestly, I'm glad. I'm glad everybody's uh, here. It's just, it's, it's baffling to me that people have made it this long without waking up to what's going on, without choosing a side one way or the other. Incredible stuff. Major, major geopolitical things going on. International news is sort of out of control right now. France, there's like a thousand police have been injured in these riots over the last week or so. As continues to just spiral out of control. But I mean, the question is like, will it actually come to anything? Because I hope everybody realizes at this point, Europe is not democratic, not even a little bit. Right? It does not matter whether it's the 15-minute cities in UK. They, just, they hold a poll. They're like, would you like to become a 15-minute city? 90% of the citizens go, no, thank you, we don't. And they go, well, you are, so you're going to be, whether you like it or not. They literally say, whether you like it or not. And then they do it. They Dutch farmers. Hey, you want to uh, shut down this farm that's been in your family for hundreds of years, multiple generations, gives you a nice living, and you've been stewards of the earth that whole time? Well, we're shutting it down. Parliament votes, says, no, we don't want to shut these down. Well, they're shutting them down anyway. You think you have a say? You think you have a voice? You think you can actually have input into the decisions of your corporate masters? No, 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 no. No, no, they take their orders from the World Economic Forum and they impose things on you. It's not, it's not the other way around. You still falling for that? You still think you're a democracy? Really? Really? Okay. Well, you're not, so get over that. Start, start to really embrace the paradigm. So those are some crazy things happening in uh, Europe right now. It's not a democracy, and they're letting us know that. The Middle East is obviously changing quite, quite a bit. Uh, guys, have you all pulled in those videos? I want to play – okay, I want to play two. I want to play the um, 
First play, the one by uh, Syed, Syed Motion or whatever. We'll go to that in a second. But here's the headlines from Reuters. Saudi Arabia to invite Syria's Assad to Arab Leaders Summit, ending regional isolation. CCPA right to opt out of the... Oh, I'm sorry, not something else. Uh, oh. I didn't print the story. I printed all the warnings about it. <laughs> I, gotta find, I gotta find the actual story here because I don't want to give you... Uh, I don't want to give you bad information, but the overview is pretty simple. The overview is that China has brokered agreements between Iran and Saudi Arabia, Syria and Saudi Arabia, and now Syria's forced exile from the Middle Eastern community is at an end. And the years-long war against Assad, for no discernible reason, other than like wider geopolitical Israeli goals, but like, you know, and, and, and oh, and also chemical attacks that didn't happen and were totally fake. So except for the except for the fake, you know, excuses and except for the unspoken excuses, there's no reason that we should be at war with Syria. But we have been and we started ISIS to try to destroy them. So that was their number one threat. And this really is the end of an era. And that's what that's the, the new watchword, right? They say it's a new era. It's like a new world order, the new era. Saudi Arabia to invite Syria's Assad to Arabs Leaders Summit, ending regional isolation. This is a very big deal. It signals a turning away from American primacy to a more multipolar primacy. And it's also worth reminding everybody that this is not happening, you know, as a, as a consequence of America's failure in any way. Other than that the people who run our country use our country to their own ends. and has nothing to do with you know, what we want or anything that supports us. So Saudi Arabia is planning to invite Syria President Bashir al-Assad to an Arab League summit that Riyadh is hosting in May. Three sources familiar with the plan said in a move that would formally end Syria's regional isolation. Saudi Foreign Minister Prince Faisal bin Farhan will travel to Damascus in the coming weeks to hand Assad a formal invitation to attend the summit scheduled for May 19th, two of the sources said. It's like a declaration of independence from American oversight. But again, it's worth reminding you that the rise of the Chinese Communist Party and the acceleration and growth of China over the last several decades has been primarily funded, fostered, created, and allowed to happen um, by the very people that are now saying, oh my gosh, our time in the sun is over. How could this have happened? They're doing this on purpose. America is going down. The people of America are going down. The ruling class of America is offshoring their operation to China. So this is not a it's not a China versus America thing. This is a they've used America to the extent that they think that we're useful and now they are like a force leaving a a base, you know, a, a military force leaving a base. They're spiking the cannons on their way out. They're trying to cause chaos and disruption and corruption and death on their way out. Uh, so that we're left is just a mess that they leave behind as the international you know, financial powers move to a more un, uh, like unstated. It's not even that they're moving to China. It's that they're moving to a position where the main methods of control will be things like the World Economic Forum, where it's a pseudo already in place world government. They don't have to be elected and they can go anywhere and still be a part of it. it they're, they're moving beyond the geographic limitations of governance. And that's what this is all a part of. So I thought this statement, this is uh, Syed Mohsen Abbas talking about how 
Talking about the, the war on Syria, how it ended, and what that means. Let's watch. Syria essentially won the war, uh, which was backed by most of these Arab nations who are now cuddling up with Syria again. Uh, they've really come to this table because they've got no choice. Russia and Iran backed uh, Syria, but Hezbollah was on the ground as well, and they essentially won that war and stopped the Americans and the Anglo-Zionist empires intentions, uh, which the Saudis and all these other um, you know, puppet states, uh, Zionist puppet Arab states had uh, fully supported. But Egypt was slightly different. They maybe were left in, in, in the role of good cop amongst the Arabs, because even since 2016-17, Sisi was supporting a political solution. And even then he was saying that the will of the Syrian people should be respected and the, that the armies of the region should be uh, given uh, support against terrorist groups. So these are all kind of pronouncements which stood against the likes of the United Arab Emirates and various others, Qataris especially, who still don't accept mm. um, Syria's kind of uh, victory, if, as it were. So again, that's an important thing to understand. Syria won that war. We're like acting like we're not at war with Syria. No, we were at war and we've lost. Still people there. They're still in the line of fire. Still American boys getting uh, bombed by Iran to the tune of like 83 times in a year. That was a recent number that came out. But um, we lost that war. We lost that war. I don't know why we started that war. No one never told us why we, why we did that war. It, it did outspring out of the same you know, Arab Spring CIA orchestrated coups that were carried out in places like Egypt and they tried to do it in Syria and Syria didn't let them. So then we started ISIS, tried to destroy them that way. And Hezbollah came out of Lebanon and defeated ISIS and uh, drove them back and, uh, and helped uh, Bashar al-Assad stay at the, uh, at the helm of Syria. So kind of a very important thing that's happening right here. I think all of this goes to how we're perceived by the outside world. So I want to go to, and I don't like this guy, by the way, the guy I'm about to show. He's a South African. I don't even know who he is, but I see videos of him all the time. I, I don't know. I don't even know who this guy is, but you'll, you'll recognize Malma or something, Malema. I should have looked into who he is, but uh, I believe he's the leader of like whatever the communist party in South Africa is. Like hates white bees. Like, there's videos of him literally singing, like, kill the white people, kill the boar. Like, they're, they sing songs like this. He's a, he's a bad dude. He's a very bad dude. Don't agree with him on most things, but he's absolutely right when he says, when he explains to us how America and our political allies around the world are perceived by the people who are at the receiving end of our power. <laughs> Right? The people who are the subjects of our military adventurism overseas. So I really think you just, if you can just like imagine what it's like to be a just normal person in Libya or Syria. I think this does a good job of explaining how they feel about America. Ironically, it's also how I feel about the people who run America. Let's watch. Putin is welcome to you. And no one is going to arrest Putin. If needs be, we'll go and fetch Putin from the airport to his meeting. He will address, finish all his meetings. We'll take him back to the airport. We're not going to be told by these hypocrites of the International Criminal Court 
who know the real violators of human rights, who know the murderers of this world. That former uh, premier, uh, uh, prime minister of uh, Tony Blair admitted that they made a horrible mistake when it comes to Saddam Hussein. They've not been charged today. Bush is still there. They've not been charged till to date. And then Obama killed Gaddafi. And then nothing has happened. We're here today with Libya being destroyed and unable to recover because of America. We know very well that where NATO gets involved, those are terrorists. We know very well where the U.S. says we are going in to uh, install peace. That place will never know peace as long as America has visited that place. So we don't want uh, ICC's hypocrisy to apply here in our country. Sort of a sad state of affairs when I'm agreeing with the head of the EFF, right? It, but he's exactly right. And it's like you've got to... Like just that that one sin, like we know that wherever America goes, we'll never know peace as long as America's there. Is that who we want to be in the world? That I mean, that's the legacy of America. I mean, until September 11th, I mean, yeah, there were some places that that weren't happy with American intervention, exactly. But we still had the sort of appearance of being like liberators, going somewhere. Nazi Germany, I'll free the people, and then we step away and go, it's all yours, you know, we're, we're just here to help. We step away. I mean, that's the, yeah, Julius Malema, yeah. Horrible person, horrible dude. Can you blame him, though? Can you blame anybody in these countries for feeling like that about America when it's absolutely true? And, like, even, even if it's something like the Iraq War, it's still... Hard to where, where you actually had wide public support for the war, at least at the beginning. It's still hard to like accept blame for that as Americans because Americans were lied to. Now, that's what makes Alex Jones so, seem like such a prophet, right? Is because somehow he was on the right side of all of this the entire time because he saw the bigger picture and was able to identify what their plans were and what end goal they were moving towards. So you can oppose things like the Iraq war, even when it's highly unpopular, to oppose that. And I remember seeing videos of people, I think it was in Egypt, where like they see a video camera and they realize it's from America and they're all like, Alex Jones, Alex Jones, because they were so happy to see an American person calling out the American regime for being evil and, and doing bad. So, again, it's like this is who we are to the people around the world, not because of anything I've done, not because of anything you've done, but because the people who run our country just use us. They just use us like cattle. They use us like, like a machine to achieve their own ends, to forward their own goals, to destroy billions of lives. And they wave the American flag while they do it. Meanwhile, we're back here just like, please stop trying to put a dress on my boy. Like, it's just, it's so insane. But for the last at least 20, at least 20 years, it has just been a relentless march of tyranny under the American flag. So the end of the day, it is kind of our fault because we do allow it to happen. We have not done what we need to do to stop these people. 
So it is, it is in some ways our fault. And so what we need to do is, you know, stand up to an extent that, that we all understand, hey, look, you know, people in Libya, our enemies are your enemies. People in Syria, our enemies are your enemies. Just because they run our country doesn't mean they represent us. We know full well they don't. And we hope that you do too, because we're still going to pay the price for it. And so again, these people have, they took control of America. They've used us as just a vehicle of terror and horror and violence across the entire world. Financial control, economic, you know, domination through the IMF and the all these other, you know, pseudo-American things. How can you blame people for thinking that that's what America really is all about and represents? Clearly, in some way, it is. We let it happen. We let it continually happen. And really, it's just kind of sad that that's the, the fact of the matter. You can honestly say that wherever America goes, that place will not know peace. They won't even know peace once America leaves. I mean, we're not really that involved in Libya anymore. But it certainly is still significantly worse than it was when we started. So the solution is to, you know, over, well, (laughs) it's to free ourselves from this parasitical control of the people in Washington. And stop being used as a tool for evil from other people. Again, it's like, here's a dude who literally runs the the Communist Party of South Africa. And you hear him talking, you're like, "Uh, are we worse than, are we worse than him? Is he right? Are we the bad guys here? Yeah, we are. We've known the whole time. InfoWars has known the whole time. InfoWars has been a voice in the wilderness crying out, trying desperately to get people to, you know, to become aware of, of what our actions look like to people around the world, how people around the world recognize that's what we're doing. And as much as, as, much as America talks about freedom of speech and freedom uh, you know, to dissent against the government, it's actually an extremely difficult thing to do, but we will continue to do it because otherwise, and I mean, this is, you're seeing it happen right now. They use America for as long as it's necessary and useful America gets all the bad press. America gets all the hate. America does all the dirty work. America gives all the money to do these things. American kids out there, the ones in uniform dying to do this. Use every, so we spend everything. We get no benefits whatsoever. No benefits at all. I mean, my God, what benefit have we gotten from any of the stuff that we've been talking about? Iraq, Libya, Ukraine, Syria, nothing at all. Absolutely nothing. So we're, we're drained completely. Our livelihood, our lifeblood, our money, our time, our reputation is used. Now that we've been thoroughly destroyed internally as well as our reputation, uh, reputation over the, the whole world. And now these very same people are going, hey, look, it looks like China's in charge now. Bye, America. Bye. You, you, we used you. You did a great job being Darth Vader to our emperor. But uh, now we're moving on. So we need to be like Darth Vader even in this last final hour. And... Uh, Take off the mask and throw the emperor down a well. That's my take on all of this. Let's go out to the phone calls again. We've got Mark in Brooklyn. We want to talk about, uh, yeah, deputizing citizens. Again, I see a lot of talk about this. 
I guess there's some like vague law in the 1800s where you could do this type of thing, but it seems like it was like an old West law where it was like, well, there's a crime in a place where there's no court. So how do you have a grand jury? Well, you get citizens to come together and pledge to do it. Not exactly going to work in, in today's modern world. But uh, Mark, what's your take on this? Yeah, well, that, uh, that's what I'm trying to say, um, um, Harrison. I'm trying to, like, you know how they weaponized and they were weaponized the citizens uh, to do the IRS work mm -hmm. and, you know, get these people out there to go against us. Why can't we do anything? Why can't we have someone do that with, with us regular citizens? I remember when you could make a citizen's arrest. Yeah, but then you got to actually, you know, the, the police have to agree to accept the arrest. The judge has to agree to, to do it. I mean, the, the problem is like, and this is the, you know, with the, with the trans stuff. I mean, I don't, I honestly don't understand. I don't understand what goes through the minds of cops who are just like, I'm here to keep the peace. And uh, if I see a trans person assaulting a regular dude, I'm just going to turn the other way. Like, I don't know. I don't know if they've been ordered to do this. If they just like, I don't know. I don't know how it happens, but it's like. I mean, to me, Mark, the, the system is too thoroughly corrupt where you could you could bring evidence of wrongdoing, you know, or you could do a citizen's arrest or you could just go, look, I've done your job for you. Here's the information. Here's all the evidence you need to get a conviction on this guy. Now go arrest him. They'll probably arrest you for, you know, wasting their time. I, I got you. I understand. Well, it's like, you know, we have to take a stand somewhere because these Republicans and most of these conservatives that are saying they're doing this, they're doing that, you got to, you know, maybe whatever here. And, but they, they're not standing up. They're cowards. Okay? Yeah. And it's like, we need to, we actually need to find people that are in the Pentagon that are on our side, supposedly the White Hats or whoever they are that are fighting this behind closed doors, you know, like Alex says every once in a while. Like, where are these people? Where are they? That they that we can at least come together and, you know, find some. I'm willing to, I'm, I'm willing to go after these people my damn self. I know. I, I feel, I, I know I'm exactly... I'm right there with you, Mark. I'm right there with you, and that's why. I, get, I mean, maybe it's just maybe it's just me that like, like, on a national scale, it's just like too much. The, the corruption's too deep. The rot is too thorough. I have a much easier like a, ability to just like imagine how it would happen if it's just like, man, if we just had a city, if we just had a state, if we just had some smaller set where it's like you don't need to get all 300 million people in america and you've got to combat the media giants in la and new york it's like we could just separate ourselves from those people and right. just you know exactly. so yeah i don't know you know i mean it's, and it's just like you know i'm trying to figure out all kind of ways the other day i called uh you know a state legislator and i and i put a petition in to stop that uh that uh s 686 or whatever the hell they, that bill the tiktok yeah, yeah restricts bill yeah, it's ridiculous. Like they, 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 these people are—they're going all out, trying to kill us. You know, it's like it's, it's crazy. Like when I hear Owen say, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, like, like you—we know what they're doing already. They're killing us. It, it, it's like it's like it's it, you know, like you know, I don't understand it. Like where the hell are these people that love America? They supposed—they supposed to be loving America. I don't get it. I don't get it either. No, I honestly don't get it either. I mean, the thing is, it's a, you know, all these organizations are extremely top down, you know, pyramid level. So, you know, one of the things I found when I was um, like hanging out with FBI agents when I was working on this set 
like they have unlimited power essentially like an fbi agent outranks every local police officer so just imagine that just imagine like any cop that you see on the street most people have a sort of a reaction like if you see a cop pull up behind you you automatically sort of go Ooh, oh better better start driving normal oh gosh they could they could ruin my day right now they could charge me hundreds of dollars they could bust in my window and you haul me out and throw me in jail if they wanted to right you, you sense that power imagine that they can't do that to you imagine that if a cop pulls you over you can pull out your badge and go why are you wasting my time go back in your cop car and they go back in your car like you got to re- like imagine having that much power and what i found is that psychologically human beings good decent human beings don't like having that much power we're not used to we don't want that much power so what happens is you get these nice patriotic people you give them that much power and they go geez really that much power and you go don't worry just do as you're told just do as you're told and then you're fine exercising that power so like humans i really think have this like uh, like they, they don't want to have that much power. They have to psychologically deal with having that much power. If they're a normal person, if they're a psychopath, they love having that much power and they'll do whatever the hell they want with it, which is they're the bad guys and they're the ones who rise to the top and that's part of the problem that we're in. But the good people, the normal, actual patriotic people who are in these positions of power, they internally justify the power they have by saying, I'll never abuse this power. I will never take advantage of this power I have. I'll only do what I'm told. I'll do what I'm told. I'll follow orders. And that way, it's okay that I have this power. Otherwise, you know, if I'm just wiling out with my own power, you know, it's, uh, I'm not a good person then. I'm going to be a good person. I'm only going to do as I'm told. I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm not going to abuse this power that I have. That's how they see it. So, they, so right. I, I think that's sort of the issue. And so you have a, a, naturally, a natural filtering effect where people that are comfortable and okay and enjoy right. having that much power rise to the ranks. People that don't right. really enjoy uh, will never cause trouble. And they justify that power by uh, subsuming their own intent, you know, their own desires under, you know, what they've been ordered to do. That's my take on it, Mark. I, I do want to go quickly to um, Philip in Florida. He's also talking about secession and national divorce. Go ahead, uh, Philip. You're on the air. Yes. Um, so, uh, not not only uh, could we get together to seed, and just real quick on the last guy, I was I was in a three percenter group. Turns out, you know, they talk about that stuff all the time. Uh, you know, where we can do these grand juries or whatever we can do. We have all this power that there's, they ignore it. The, 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 the federal government's out of control. The judges are out of control and it's a joke. And it turned out half those guys were fed. So, but, but, um, so, uh, as far as national divorce goes, I'm a hundred percent down with that. If you guys do Texas, Texas, I'm moving, uh, there, but I think that we have an opportunity possibly going on in El Salvador where they might, we might be able to create a giant pool of cash, get that money together, and they'll sell us some property, and we can go there because this country is gone. The the and and for me, the breaking point was January sixth. I mean, if you look at the the propaganda that came out of that, it's absolutely ludicrous. If you're awake, if you're asleep, you're you're like, oh, these people are horrible. But if you're awake, they're doing the same thing to us that they did to. You know, Assad. Mm-hmm. No, you're, you're exactly right. And in El Salvador, it's a good point that it, it's like you can actually see it's effective there. Because you know, a lot, yeah. you know, you, you want to know how to like get a, a, a grand jury to uh, investigate the person that, that you want them to investigate. Wow. Well, what did George Soros do, right? Wow. Right. Yo, you you so- find you identify somebody that shares your view, and you give them a couple million bucks, and you know. Right. 
obviously, you know, he has the advantage of being able to orchestrate it with other NGOs and uh, media outlets to push this person probably has, you know, agents already embedded in the uh, politics. But, you know, I have to believe that there's a political solution to this because it's the only possible solution because obviously everything going on and with the way that the New World Order, you know, globalist control system is destroying America during its exit. Uh, you know, they would love nothing more than some massive civil war that just like uh, Tim was, I think it was Tim that was saying the genocide treaty from the UN, like they would, they welcome the idea of letting you in troops, you know, calling you in troops into America or having, you know, China even or, or anybody come in and uh, and mess us up. So war is really not an option at this point. You look at a place like El Salvador, you go, oh, you can solve all of your problems in a year or two if you just have somebody that actually wants to solve the problems. And that really does give me hope. Uh, we are going to talk about the Restrict Act on the other side, uh, going to a commercial break here. We'll be back with our last 30-minute segment uh, on this Sunday evening broadcast. I'm already losing my voice. I might have been lying when I said I was 100% better, but I couldn't stay away. And, uh, of course, I want to, again, thank everybody for going to InfoWarsStore.com and encourage you to, once again, go to InfoWarsStore.com. As, as time moves forward, I'm just continually amazed at how InfoWars occupies this, this part of the dissident right or whatever you want to call it uh, that is just, is just the best, man. It, it honestly is just the best. It's like no other outlet you know, even holds a candle to us. No other activist group has had the effect and the, the power that we've had. It's InfoWars or bust. I mean, th- this really is... The, the hallmark, the the lead ship, the vanguard. Support us, won't you? All right, welcome back, folks. We'll go out to your phone calls again. There are a couple stories I want to talk about here, and we'll talk about the Restrict Act. I know this was covered a lot last week on InfoWars. So we, we don't have to necessarily get too into it. More I want to talk about, like, I don't know. I'm just baffled. I'm just continually baffled at, like, how other people see the world. It all seems so simple to me. It's just, it's really not, you know, when you get, when you get red-pilled, whatever you want to call it, when you just like get the veil removed from your eyes and you just like start looking at things as they actually are, it's like really baffling that other people haven't figured it out yet. I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like a, you know, it's like the point is that like, it's not about like being smarter or more informed than other people. It's just like, how do you people trust people who have never done anything trustworthy? Like, how does that happen? And like my, my parents are, um, my parents are based in Red Pill. So that's not, that's not an issue. But, uh, you know, even my mom who gets everything that's going on, like she, she, she gets it to a very large extent. But even she like recently was like, oh, with all this AI stuff, like, I just don't think I can trust anything anymore. I was kind of like, well, why did you think you could trust anything in the first place? What do you mean? Were you trusting things up till now? (laughs) Did you think anything was trustworthy? It's just baffling to me that, like, everybody doesn't have the same sort of impulse that I do of just, like, assume everything is a lie all of the time. And then, you know, once you get things confirmed and things start to make sense and click into place, that's when you come to your conclusions. But until then, just assume everything is a lie. Everything is false. Everything is... Bullcrap nonsense. Like Anthony Fauci. But when people are like, I don't know if this Anthony Fauci guy, he's, uh, 
I don't know if I can trust him anymore. It's like, why did you ever trust him? What did he ever do that was trustworthy? You just assumed you could trust him? Because he's a bureaucrat? Because he's a government bureaucrat? You thought that connoted trustworthiness? Like, what is wrong with you? Why would you trust? Why? I just don't get it. So with the Restrict Act, I was actually invited on uh, on a uh, Twitter space. I've done like one Twitter space my entire life. And uh, I used to listen to him a little bit before I had my my account back because I had an anonymous account so I could just listen. And then I tried to join a Twitter space like a month ago just to listen to it. And the person saw me and was like, oh, Harrison, like, put me on. I was, like, eating. So I was like, oh, uh, what? Hello? So Twitter space is just like a, you know, it's like a chat room where certain people can talk. Other people just listen. And it's like a live podcast sort of thing. And so probably the biggest Twitter space out there always is this guy Mario Narwhal or something. Narful? <laughs> I can't remember what his name is. But he's incredibly popular, incredibly highly listened to. Elon Musk goes on all the time. Uh, like Hunter Biden has been on there. Like tons of people have been on uh, these spaces, and he, and he does them like almost every day. And uh, I actually got a message from him asking if I wanted to come on and talk about the Restrict Act. I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, but I wasn't really familiar with how it worked, and so uh, they never let me on. They never actually invited me. So I sat there listening to it for like two hours, waiting to say something, and they just never – so it's rude. It's very rude. They have told me that, and I just wouldn't have listened. But I did listen, and boy, was that a mistake. Because to give him credit, it's not like a right-wing or left thing. He sort of has people from all over the political spectrum on there, uh, which means you're going to get a few people that sort of get what's going on and a, a large number of people that just make you want to gouge your eyes out. Like it's just – it's – there were people – I – without irony, in total seriousness, I heard people yesterday when it came to the Restrict Act – which they were calling Patriot Act 2.0. I would say it's not a Patriot Act 2.0. It's an addendum to the Patriot Act. It's an expansion to the Patriot Act. The Patriot Act's not going anywhere. And this doesn't copy things from the Patriot Act. This is a update version of the Patriot Act. So I guess Patriot Act 2.0 is, is right, but it's more like an addendum. It's more like an add-on to it. Right. There you go. Like an expansion pack yep. to uh, the Patriot Act. But I legitimately heard people say, out of irony... Out sarcasm, they were saying yesterday in this space, if you're not doing anything wrong and you don't have anything to worry about. Right. And it's just like, are we still saying this? Is this still? I'm. Uh, where have you been for the last 20 years? They can manufacture something. and Really? Like, home. really? People are still saying wrong, but still that surveillance is okay because if you're not doing anything wrong, you have nothing to worry about. They can change stuff. Okay, what? Done a lot of times and they're that. saying they're arguing about banning TikTok, about the technical ways you could ban TikTok, about the law of whether TikTok as a foreign company can be under sanctions. Or da, da, da. And it's like, what are you talking about? What are you people talking about? I don't even know. I don't even know how to explain it because I guess just like when you – the solution is having a wider view. It's just having a much, much zoomed out view – and just understanding that all the little detail nonsense, all the little, little weirdness going on, you know, between one person, literally two minutes into the Twitter space, a woman made it about race. Two minutes. We got two minutes in and she's like, what I'm concerned about is that the is that this bill doesn't 
address how it's black and brown children that need to be protected. It's just like, really, really, really. So, I mean, the whole thing got derailed right off the bat. And it was just like, oh, right. That's why we can't do anything in this country. That's why we can't get anything done. That's why we can't get on the same level at any point because you've got morons. You've got morons just, just dominating the conversation and forcing everybody off a trail. The, the, the solution to, to that, right, is just like mute. This is we're adults talking here. Go, you know, go talk to your your college campus, you know, whatever daycare room if you want to talk about how really the wrong thing about the restrict bill is it doesn't explicitly say brown and black children are at risk. It's like, uh, okay, all right, so we can't do anything because we can't just get anything right. Can't focus on any problems because you're constantly creating ones that don't exist. And, and okay, but that wasn't even the point. That was just like a speed bump right out of the gate. It's just ridiculous. But it's like, it's like people look at something like the Restrict Act and they see it in a bubble. It's like nothing has come before, nothing is coming after, nothing else is going on. They're just like, let's look at the, let's, let's tinker with the certain things in the, in the Restrict Act and debate endlessly about whether TikTok is really a subsidiary of the CCP or whether it's just a major investor of the CCP. It's like, oh my God, really, really? Can we just zoom out for a second and realize that the Restrict Act is just another step in an ongoing worldwide conspiracy to eliminate the possibility of free speech for anybody ever? Like you can't, you can't talk about the Restrict Act without also talking about CBDCs, without also talking about the Internet of Things, Without also talking about the fact that at the World Economic Forum earlier this year, they were saying it'll be great because when everything's connected to the Internet, we'll be able to hyper, you know, uh, with a hyper specificity, shut off certain, you know, kitchen appliances because they'll all be on a grid. And they'll all be connected to the Internet. It's like they're taking everything over. The Restrict Act, the big issue with it has nothing to do with TikTok. Don't even mention TikTok in the bill. It gives total control of Basically, all communication platforms to the federal government. That's it. Total, absolute. Which is what you don't want. Like, uh, like innate control, like surface level. Like, there's no. It it gives control over your internet access point, over the networks themselves. It expands control of the image, uh, the internet hosting sites, the IP sites that actually host websites. So they're going beyond the control. And it's like, you're going to talk about the restrict act without talking about the fact that the FBI was caught infiltrating Twitter and getting them to silence real news stories that were politically inconvenient for the FBI. Like, you think these things are separate at all? So this is just the baffling thing to me is that you've got like these hyper intelligent people, all the people on that. Well, except for that one woman, all the people on it were extremely intelligent and were like very well versed and legal aspects and this guy's well versed in the technical aspects it's like they all like hyper focus on whatever their little thing is and they want it they're like very excited to like say what they know so everybody thinks they're smart about what their little particular they're talking about and you lose the force for the trees you lose the force for the trees that really is is what it's like is it's it's like a bunch of people standing around a single tree you know trying to debate how they're going to use it and there's a forest all around them right so You've got all of these things happening. I mean, the ADL came out earlier this year, maybe it was last year, and said, you know, the real problem with free speech on the Internet is that websites can exist. Right? And they're making a push to have 
you know, IP limitations. So beyond just like you can't post stuff on social media, that'll get blocked. If you have your own social media that doesn't adhere to their rules, it'll get blocked at the store level from Apple and Google. Yeah. If you, you know, want to share it on a, if you want to share it on a social media, it'll get, it'll get blocked there. So they have all of this control. The one thing they don't control yet is the IP hosters, the IP hosting sites. So InfoWars can still exist. Bandot Video can exist because we have access to the, up till now, totally unbiased and uncontrolled you know, IP registration. That's going away with the Restrict Act. That's the big issue. And it's just one part of a much larger plan. So if you don't even know that bigger plan is happening, then you're debating and you know, trying to figure out what's going on with like, I don't know. It's like trying to figure out, it's like, it's like a, you know, a billion years in the future, some alien race, you know, digs up a car and, uh, they just, they agonize over trying to figure out what the, uh, what the glove compartment is for. And it's like, you're never going to figure out what the car, you know, what a car is by hyper-focusing on the glove compartment. You'll never find answers that way. You have to take the whole thing in totality and then you'll start to understand why all of this is happening. But it's like something precludes people from even considering that. And it's very strange because it's obvious, it's in your face, it's all over the place. It's like just continually, relentlessly driven at us. So I don't know how they're missing what's going on here, but they are apparently. It's, it's very, very weird. That's what's happening. So I'll come on your spaces, Mario. Just let me on next time. They probably won't let me on now. It's probably a good thing they didn't let me on last night. I just want to talk about a couple more stories before we uh, got to your phone calls for the last 10 minutes. Let's, uh, oh, good Lord, just all this stuff. Uh, we should have a pool. We should have some sort of betting pool going. I don't think we're going to make it to the end of the year before there's a major uh, aircraft event that leaves over 100 people dead. I think if we make it to the end of the year, it will be an absolute miracle. I don't know if anybody else has been following this. This is from, I believe, the 7th of May, uh, March is when this came out. So last month, FAA calls emergency meeting to address alarming airline incidents. A series of close calls in aviation emergencies from severe turbulence to engine fires and bird strikes has travelers on edge. Now, FAA Chief Billy Nolan is convening a nationwide safety summit to address these issues. I believe that was the guy that was questioned on uh, this happened while I was out. So I'll have to play the video on American Journal. But um, he's literally asking the guy the most basic questions about the FAA. The guy's the leader of the FAA. And uh, he just doesn't know anything about it. He just can't answer a single question about it. It's, it's incredibly bizarre. Uh, but, it, you know, it mentioned that there were six major events that this safety meeting was called to address. And there were ones you probably heard about, although... Air Force, uh, maybe Air not. Regulations are uh, there was like, you know, there's one in Austin. There was one in, uh, I think, Burbank, California. There was a major one. It's basically, you know, air, air traffic control towers getting clearance to like two different planes. One gets clearance to land. The other gets clearance to take off. And the pilots like realize it at the last second and pull away. And they get within like 100 feet of hitting each other. And it happens over and over. So when they called this meeting, I started looking into, I just searched like, you know, aircraft close call. Uh, near miss. Yeah, near miss is the story to, or is the, the term to search. And it's happening at an insane rate. They say there were six, like they point to six major incidents. There are probably 30 incidents this year where like without last second corrections, you would have had a tarmac littered with dead bodies. Not, not exaggerating. And then it happened again today. So 
last month they had this meeting. We're going to fix this. We're going to you know get things safe again and cut to Delta flight aborts takeoff as another air, aircraft crosses runway. There's one at JFK. The, the major ones are like JFK, there's Burbank, California, Austin, Texas was a major one, and now we have this one. A Delta flight out of New Orleans was canceled after it had to abort takeoff when another flight crossed the runway. Passengers were forced to rebook their flights after the incident. That's got to be the most humiliating part. But I'm serious. I don't think we're going to make it to the end of the year. I mean, if there aren't some major corrections taken, and I'm, so far I'm not seeing that they are and taking these corrections, we are going to see one plane crash into another or something where hundreds of American citizens are going to die because of the utter and bottomless incompetence of this administration. Finally, I'll just, I won't talk about this too much, but farmers will be ordered to feed cows methane suppressants to stop them belching. <laughs> That's stupid. Yep, it's going to reduce their carbon footprint. By making them burp less, fart less. Ministers are losing in the UK. Ministers are looking to force farmers to give herds additives to reduce gas from digestion from uh, digestion in compound feeds, which contain seaweed and essential oils. <laughs> just, just, uh, it's just everything they do Stupid. just causes problems that they have to do other stuff to uh, address. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, one of the big one of the big uh, trends now in architecture is to have houses that are like totally sealed right because the idea is that like you don't want your air conditioner running more than it has to so you want to have like you don't want to have leaky windows or doors or um you know, slats on the walls or you're leaking out air and then you're using more electricity and so it's gotten to the point where houses are so airtight now and they leak so little that they have to actually install electric vents to keep airflow going because it's unsafe to have a hermetically sealed house so it's like it's just, it just happens over and over. So they're like feeding these cows something that I'm sure is like, well, it's seaweed, so it's better for you. And they're like, well, now you take the seaweed. It's like the old lady who swallows a fly and then a spider and then a frog and then a cat and then a dog. It's like you just make everything worse. Everything you do makes everything worse every single time. And yet you're still in power. Incredible. Let's go to the calls once again. Let's go to uh, Cheesy in Cheesy, Wisconsin. Uh, thanks for calling in, Cheesy. You're on the air. What about macaroni? Hey, Harrison, you know, it's like uh, that meme, like, it's only one life, so it's, like, worth the shot yeah. of uh, taking taking a swipe at the Satanist. And I think a good t-shirt idea would be, like, InfoWars Forever, because it's a forever battle, forever test. And In InfoWars uh, as long as necessary, sir. InfoWars until victory. How about that? Yeah, I was thinking like InfoWars and then number four and then underneath the four, like an infinity symbol. But yeah. anyways, I don't know if you saw in the news that um, Wagner Group took uh, back moot. They put their flags in the administrative, administrative buildings. They're claiming they took back moot, which is a big deal because it's like um, empty land all the way up to Kiev. If Russia was going to go that way, I don't know if they will. Yeah, back, uh, you know, Bakhmut is was the well. First, it was uh, this other place. I mean, it's so it's so crazy. Like Ukraine keeps being like, we will hold them at Bakhmut. We're doing incredible at Bakhmut, and then like Russia starts to take it over, and they go, well, Bakhmut's actually not that important. It's like, well, you just spent a hundred thousand lives trying to retain it, so it seems like it was important. Uh, I didn't realize that they had already like claimed victory over it. I know that over the last several weeks. Slowly but surely, the uh, noose has been tightening around Bakhmut. So, so they 
have taken it fully, Cheesy? Well, uh, the head of the Wagner yeah. group put its flag up at the administrative building, so who knows if that classifies as taking it, you know, claiming that majority of the resistance is in the western side of the city. That's a big deal. Um, yeah, it is a big deal. And then also in the news tomorrow, I keep an eye out there announcing the new uh, uh, moon mission astronauts. Uh, there's like a pool of 40 astronauts, and they're going to be announcing them. And I think I'm, I'm looking to my crystal balls, and I think they're going to be like uh, diversity picks. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's Jack Kizzy. <laughs> oh, my friend. God. You know, like, well, what do you do? Like, should we do? We should make like a bingo card or something. I didn't realize they were doing that. That's fun. That's fun. What do you think there's going to be? Who do you think there's going to be there? <laughs> a transsexual? going to be a, a, I don't know. I don't even want to. You know there's going to be some transgenders like, uh, in there. You know that. African-American person, woman breeding right? program thing with like a tranny rainbow cherry on top. Now to put all the trannies <laughs> you know, on like the moon and get rid of them. That's it's like the, 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 I guess it's Stanford, was it Stanford? That they have like a really elite like surgery school and they, they put out a tweet that was like, Finally, a, a surgery graduating class that looks like America, and it's like there's one man, and it's an Asian man, and there's no white people, and it's just like, okay, if this actually looked like America, if there are ten people graduating, six of them would be white, half of them would be mint. Like they, that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna be like, finally, astronauts that look like America, zero white people, and not a single Christian among them, and it's just like. Diversity. They'll all be black. It'll be the most diverse class of astronauts of all time. All the same. First, so diverse. First gay kiss on the moon. They'll have <laughs> gays make out on the moon and broadcast to everyone. Maybe they'll even have some interracial sex. But uh, I think with Trump, uh, what's going on with him, I don't think it really counts with Trump I, that he's gotten uh, this beef because it's all under false claims. I still oh. think he's Teflon Don because it's just like made up... What? You know, Fugazi stuff. It's not what? really real. Crazy. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's like you cheating. You know, it's like if I challenge you to race and you get to be in a Ferrari and I get to wear a lead vest, is it really like a fair race? So it just shows like how pathetic uh, the mimicry has become because like, I don't know, it kind of smells like Clinton's and what happened with Monica Lewinsky. They can never come up with stuff creative even when they're going after Trump. Oh my God. Uh, it's kind of boring. The Trump so thing. It's like it's it's like a, like a the number of things that are wrong with the indictment are I mean really it's innumerable. But you know, first and foremost, like clearly they've been trying to stick something on Trump the entire time. They didn't get him with being a Russian agent, you know, being a traitor, being seditious, or, or starting a coup, or you know, start trying to you know make money off of uh, his position as president. He actually lost a bunch of money. They they didn't get him on. Uh, you know, selling secrets. They didn't get him on the the document probe. They didn't get him on. They didn't get him on anything. What they got him on was like is like it's so crazy. It's like the affair wasn't illegal. The you know payment wasn't illegal. The reporting of the payment may have been a little bit wrong, but even if it was, the uh, statute of limitations has expired. It it shouldn't have never it should have never been in that court since it was already litigated at the federal level and no action was taken like the number of things that are wrong with it it's 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 the most pathetic victory of all time is the most pathetic victory. it's like a it's like a war where you lose every battle and then like at the very end you're uh 
your commander just like sends a tank to blow up a McDonald's and is like, victory, we did it. We see, we got a victory. It's like, that's not what victory was supposed to be. You're supposed to, you've been telling us this whole time, Trump's a criminal and you get him on mislabeling a payment, mislabeling a payment, calling a payment legal expenses when they were actually legal expenses, but I guess that's not enough. Like, it's just, it's so, it's the most tenuous and